to do another Bible Thump video here, uh, but before you watch this little ditty on Romans chapter 2, I want to say thank you for tuning in to Bible Thump if you've been doing so um, on, on the radio or on YouTube. Um, thank you. Thank you for watching these videos or listening on, on, on the radio. Um, it really means a lot. And guess what? Today is a special day uh, because this is the 100th episode of Bible Thump. That means like almost two years of Bible Thump have been more than two years, uh, I think, because of missed a day or two here or there. Anyway, it's been a long time. Um, I realize 52 weeks does not, times two, does not up to two years. I know math. Trust me. Okay, I get it. But yeah, uh, we've been doing this for a while, which is pretty cool. And um, just want to say thank you for listening. I hope that these have been encouraging to you, and hopefully we can do another hundred more. So we'll see, uh, by God's grace, we'll see what we can do. But um, thanks again for listening um, and for tuning in. And uh, without further ado, here is another another Bible Thump. Eitra Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. And uh, I'm going to read from Romans uh, chapter 2, and then we'll talk about it a little bit and hopefully encourage you. But before we do, I want you to think for a minute about what life would be like if you could be authentically you all the time. Like, just for a minute, some of you think, some of you, <laughs> some of you have this attitude of like, that's me. That's me. I'm me all the time. I'm authentically me. I never try to pretend I'm anyone I'm not. Um, if that's you, I just, just hear me out. Okay. Just hear me out. If that's you, if you're thinking like, I'm always me. I never try to pretend, never put on a mask at all, ever. Um, can you just, can I just say something and just try to receive it? Try to receive it. Okay. Um, you're a liar. <laughs> the reality of all of our lives is I think we spend a lot of time thinking about what do other people think about us. And we gauge what we say to other people based on what we think they think about us. We're always worried about perceptions of other people about us, right? Um, and we always put on a mask to some extent. Like, none of us spends our earthly existence, like, feeling 100% comfortable in our own skin all the time. We worry, don't we? We worry about what other people think about us. And it's pretty consistent. So, that's part of what Paul's going to speak to us about, is like, what if you could really be you all the time? What if you could spend less time worrying about what other people think and more time being authentically you? And guess what? When we're authentically ourselves, I think by the grace of God, because he's made us in his image, like we get to be a blessing to other people. Um, you are far greater, uh, you're a far greater blessing to the people around you when you embody yourself more and more. Because guess what? God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He made you authentically you because you are special to him. Um, I think following Jesus, here's an argument I think that Paul makes, and here's an argument that I would make from, from what Paul has to say in this book, is, um, yeah, God doesn't make mistakes. And so part of what the gospel does, it restores us into a place where we're more comfortable being ourselves. Um God's not disappointed with who you are. He wants to restore you to a place where you're proud about being who you are. 
Uh, he wants to restore you to a place where you see who you are and you're comfortable with it. And not only comfortable, but proud. Because he's proud of you. Because he cares about you. He's being kind to you constantly. Why? Because he wants you to see what he sees in you. Um, that may sound like a big statement, but I think it's backed up to some degree by what Paul's going to say to us in Romans chapter 2. All right, so I'm going to read, and then we'll talk about it really quick. All right, Paul says, Therefore, every one of you who judges without excuse, for when you judge one another, you condemn yourselves, yourself, since you, the judge, do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. Do you think that any one of you who judges those who do such things yet do the same, that you will escape God's judgment? Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and pain and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay each one according to his works. Eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory and honor and immortality, and wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. There will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, first to the Jew and then also to the Greek, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does what is good, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, for there is no favoritism with God. For all who sin without the law will perish without the law, but those who sin under the law will be judged by the law, for the hearers of the law are not righteous before God. But doers of the law will be justified. So when Gentiles who do not, who do not, by nature have the law, do what the law demands, they are a law unto themselves, even though they do not have the law. If they show the work of the law is written on their hearts, their conscience confirms this. Their competing thoughts either accuse or even excuse them. On the day when God judges that people have kept, uh, what people have kept secret according to my gospel through Christ Jesus. All right. So um, what I'm not going to do is break down every verse here. We don't have time, and you can get that elsewhere. But what I do want to do is encourage you. What prompted Paul to write this is apparently something that the church at Rome had sent to him that indicates that there was some hypocrisy in them. In other words, they were putting on masks. They were judging people pretty harshly within the congregation for doing things or living in a certain way that they themselves were living. So they were... They were elevating the sins of others while not seeing the sin in their own heart. Um, Jesus called out the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his day, for this very kind of thing. He says, you know, you wash the outside of the cup, but inside is full of wickedness. Um, he said, you know, do not judge lest you be judged, right? Because we all have this tendency to look at other people and and think they're worse than we are, because that makes us feel good, right? Um, but... Uh, there's something beautiful inherent in this passage that I think we, we might miss if we're not careful. I think what Paul's saying is what I just said earlier, that the gospel frees us to be authentically ourselves. We don't have to put on masks. It's God's judgment that's intended not to condemn us, but to lead us to repentance. Um, you see, God is uh, stands up against the unrighteousness in the world, because he wants a better, brighter future for us. Um, so, and he says, because of our hardened and unrepentant hearts, we're storing up wrath for ourselves in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed, and he will judge, he will repay each one according to his works. Um, and so there's this indication here that if we've truly trusted Jesus, what are we going to begin to do? We're going to begin to respond to his kindness and patience. We're going to persist 
and doing good. We're going to be more of the kind of people he intends us to be rather than the kind of people who act out of anxiety or fear or ignorance. So even though there will be distress and affliction for all those who do evil, there will be glory and honor and peace for everyone who does what is good. Um, so um, remember that the judgment of God is intended to lead us to repentance. You don't have to keep pretending. You don't have to keep worrying and living in such a way that you're constantly reacting to what other people might think about us. Here's the reality about everybody else in your life. The reality is, is that they're doing the same thing you are. You're constantly, we, as human beings, we're constantly living in fear about what other people think about us. We spend so much of our time worrying about what everybody else thinks. Guess what they're doing? They're worrying about what we think. They're worrying about what everyone else thinks. And God, in the gospel, through the power of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, says that doesn't have to be the case for you anymore. You can give up on this constant anxiety and worry about what other people think about you and step into the authenticity of who he intended you to be. You can embrace who he intends you to be. He wants to redeem you. He wants to redeem you and make you more like himself. He wants you to live in the freedom of being truly yourself all the time, 100%. You won't. You'll fail. You won't, you won't be truly you all the time. But the best in you, the absolute best in you, and there is, I hope you know this, there is such good in you. There is such potential in you. And all that good and all that potential, he wants to make it shine so brightly. He wants to fan that flame. He wants to grow those good qualities. Think about it. Take a moment. Please, please do. Just take a moment and think. What is one thing that you really like about yourself? I'll give you a minute. Go ahead. What's something about your personality? Maybe it's something about your work ethic. Maybe it's something about the way you relate to other people. Maybe it's something about the way you approach um, friendships or the way that you serve in your church or the way that you do schoolwork or your occupation. Think about that for a minute. And here's what I want you to know. God sees that. And he wants to help that part of you grow and flourish. Now take a minute and, and maybe think about the opposite of that. What's something about yourself that you're not so crazy about? Something you would change if you could. Here's what I want you to know about that thing. God sees that. He's not blind to it. He sees it perfectly and he loves you still. And if, if that thing, that could be just something you need to get over because it's not a problem actually in God's eyes, but if it is something that's like sinful or broken or something that you feel like is, is it a weakness that you wish you could get over, guess what? Here's something I know about God to be true as well. God has kindness towards you and wants to help you grow in that area. He wants to help you repent. That's what this passage talks about, repentance. He wants to help us turn from the selfish attitudes. Maybe maybe that thing that you identified that you don't like about yourself is you tend to be really selfish in a particular situation. Um, you have a really hard time loving a certain person in your life. Maybe there's someone in your life who you just kind of despise and don't like to be around. What I want you to know is that God wants to heal that part of you. He wants to help you turn from from being selfish in that relationship. 
or to being unkind in that relationship and walk in the newness of life that Jesus provides. Jesus is in the business of making all things new and he wants to help you be more authentically you, which guess what? When you're more authentically you, as Christ redeems you, that means you're more like him. You're walking with his kingdom attitudes, his kingdom perspective, his kingdom behavior. And that, that's really good news. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again for our next Bible Thumb.